Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California, very much in the future. This is an Epsoc Files, a look at 2020 and a look back at my best meals in 2019. I wasn't even going to broadcast. I wasn't even supposed to be here today. But I'm here with you all because you, you can't stop a worker from working. Sitting around, I'm working on this uh, cool project, uh, working through the holidays, doing some writing and research, and you'll hear all about it soon, hopefully. And uh, yeah, I looked around, I was like, uh, I'm going to rest for a little bit. Do start some laundry, nice New Year's Day laundry. Ah, screw it, I, I, I'm going to record a show. So here we are. And I'm happy to be here with you at the end of all things. So in the beginning of all things, years change. In the past here in the Knapsack Files, without a doubt, I have done some deep dives, some reflective episodes looking back on periods of time and how to look ahead. And all that still stands. I believe in all that. I really do believe in the turning of the page and the turning of the tide. I've watched a lot of Lord of Rings uh, lately, if you can't tell. I believe in all that. But I'm in a... It's not a bad mood. I wasn't a bad... Star Wars has put me in a bad mood. Not not because I love the movie. No, I love the movie. But I really like Mandalorian. It's the people. Def, different conversation. But it's put me in a bad mood to finish the year. It's also put me in a... Just a... Just kind of one of those, like, buck-up pirate moods. And I made some goals, a uh, couple resolutions, big difference between the two. I think you all agree. Uh, Grace and I did that. We, we wrote them down. We shared them with, with each other, and we, we burned them in a fire. And I'm not going to share them with you, but some of them are just very, very distinct career goals. Uh, I really do believe in that. But it, at the end of the day, I think, I think we all can agree that it's just about doing it. Shut up and do it. I've been doing a lot of research on The Rock. Yeah, Dwayne The Rock Johnson lately. It was a great speech he did in uh, 2019. Speaking to the Lakers, as if the Laker players need inspiration. But he, he, he had a great speech to them. He's The Rock. I mean, the Lakers are going to look up to The Rock. And The Rock talked about a lot of things. But he talked about, um, in one moment of the speech, he talked about how he lives his life every day. And, and The Rock has this work ethic that we all can see from afar. If you follow his Instagram feed, you get how hard The Rock works. A lot of that just comes from his career path. I mean, a lot of it's just who he is and, and if that type A personality, that go, go, go personality. I'm not always that. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of you listening are not always that. So it's hard to compare. Don't contrast compare too much. Either are or you aren't in those kind of circumstances. But also, I've said this before, said again, he had a actual real-life career in professional wrestling, which is still pretty crazy and intense right now as we go into 2020. That lifestyle, that job choice, it's crazy. You're on the road whew, so many times. You're living out of suitcases. It's, it, it's crazy. In the mid to late 90s when The Rock was breaking in, after his football career failed, it was even more intense. It was a, still a bit of the old school WWF territory day kind of vibe. You were working hard, you were working long, and that just translates. He knows how to keep going. The engine keeps going. So that's always something that's there, and you can look up to him for that. But that's just the lifestyle thing. But after he left wrestling, he could have he could have taken his foot off the gra- uh, gas. Uh, he could have, but um, he didn't. And he explained in this speech that I saw this year, it was part of my research for this thing I'm doing, and 
He said, I live every day as if my back is up against the wall because that means every day I could only go forward. And that seems like some real pat poster inspiration, but you see it in action with him every day. And that is my kind of approach to this year. Doesn't mean there's not going to have days where you're going to be a little lazy. I was doing some work into work today, but also my day started with three baseball games in the PS4. And that's okay. But he, he has a philosophy of I'm going to outwork everyone in the room and no one's going to beat me. Again, that's, that's, it's, it's, it's certainly something that comes from different, maybe different sources than you and I have in the realities of life. But the guy did have seven bucks in his pocket on the day that he was cut from football and he had to rearrange his life. And he didn't just fall into wrestling because it was the family business. He had to work at it. And it paid off. So going into 2020, I, I was looking around. and I, I, this, this is going to sound more grumpy than I intended. Just looking around at a lot of people. Pissed off at 2019. Time to good riddance. I'm looking at a lot of them like the next year ain't going to be any better for you because I watched these people all through 2019 complain, use social media as a, as a therapy session or a live journal entry and just barf up every problem they had every year. And you can see at the core of it, and this is where I'm having that kind of mood right now, at the core of all of it, the problem is them. The problem is their approach. And none of that's going to change in 2020 unless you want it unless you put your back against the wall and go forward it doesn't mean you don't try or some of these people I'm, I'm, I'm looking at on my facebook page aren't trying their damnedest and bad breaks happen and things don't happen things don't go your way that's part of it but how do you respond to it how do you take it and how do you put it all into perspective uh, over the, the the winter break uh, someone in our schmodown family uh, suffered a, a, a catastrophic, tremendous loss, the uh, passing of his wife. And uh, there before the grace of God go I. But to watch how his wife, this is Karen, Karen Volpe, uh, who passed away, watch how she approached her battle with cancer that she lost. It was, it was a tough one. How she approached it and how he is dealing with it. It's impressive to watch from afar. And these are people I, I'm tremendously close with, uh, known for years through the comedy circles. So I don't want any... Anyone to think I, you know, I'm rolling around with them every day, you know, but to watch it from before, to watch it through social media, there are two distinct ways to look at things and to look at the trials that come to you. And it's tragic and it's unfair, but what a life she lived. And that's a legacy you could feel is going to go on. And it's unfair to him, but I'm watching from afar and seeing how he's just attacking the next chapter. Through tears, through frustrations, through fears, through all of it. But his back is up against the wall and he's going forward. And that is what I'm looking at in 2020. And it's not this, I'm going to dominate the world. Oh, I'm going to be on the toppermost of the poppermost. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about every day. There's going to be down days, going to be pissed off days. There's going to be days where it doesn't seem like it's working, but I'm still going to go forward every day. And I'm not going to write about it. I'm not going to barf about it on social media. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And that's what I want you all to do as we go into 2020. Just do it, right? We've talked about this. Yeah, just do it. It's a good sneaker slogan. It's Shia LaBeouf meme. It's all of it. But it's true. But it's true. Put your back up against the wall and go forward. That's not my advice. That's Dwayne The Rock Johnson, WWE champion. So don't take it from me. Take it from him. Take it from him. If 2019 was bad to you, there's probably some things that happened. And don't get me wrong. Loss of life, loss of family, loss of job, loss, loss of all that kind of... There's some realistic... Very traumatic things that probably could have happened to you and probably did happen to you in 2019 and you are ready to see it go. I want to clarify that. I want to make that clear. You're ready to see it go and I want you 
to say goodbye to it. But I don't want you to be like, God, that year killed me. I want you to be like, this next year's going to make me. But you back up against that wall, go forward. You still got time. Put those goals down on paper, remember them, and then burn them. <laughs> or you don't have to do that. Seal them up. Make a note on your MacBook. I don't care. Don't do the resolutions. I'm going to eat less bread. Don't do that. I mean, don't eat as much bread. Put some concrete stuff down on paper and go forward. And you don't know what's going to happen. And that's the other thing. Life is a series of obstacles. It's like a good Star Wars movie. Serial, crazy adventure. Problem, solution, obstacle. Problem, solution, obstacle. Hopefully success at the end. That's where I'm at right now. And it's a good mood. It's a good mood. I feel good about it. 2018 was a bad year for me, but through that bad times, through all the bad times, through the struggles, the falling flat on my face financially and professionally and everything, I found what I wanted to do. I didn't between like 20, no, between 1998 in 2015 and into 2017, I didn't put my back up against the wall. I just kind of moseyed into the room, looked around, and says, well, let's, uh, I guess we'll figure it out. So at the end of 2017 and beginning of 2018, my back was thrown up against the wall. And I had no choice but to go forward. And I'm still going forward, and I'm still not where I need to be or want to be. But now I feel as though I know the direction. And that's what I want for all of you. So happy new year. Enjoy the parades. Go grill a burger in the cold. Do what you got to do. Enjoy the day. Take a moment each day to relax. Catch your breath. Pace yourself. But let's all go forward. And let's just do it. Don't post about it. Three paragraph Facebook posts. Do it. Shut up and do it. Buck up, pirate. I don't even know pirates need to buck up, but do it. All right, we're going to do something a little lighter. On the other side of this break, kids, yeah, the Knapsack Files rolls on. The first show of 2020 that wasn't even supposed to happen today. I'm going to uh, go through a post I made yesterday of my uh, top 10 list for the year because everyone was doing it. And on the other side of the break, we're going to be in a good mood. On this side, we'll be in a bad mood. I don't care about your top 10 movies that you thought were important. I don't care. And that's why I made that list. I made the list that was important to me. Food, meals, friendship, and memories. You can rate where Parasite falls over once upon a time in America. God bless you. We all love entertainment. I don't need to hear it. I need to hear what's real. On the other side of the break, I'm going to explain how that list is deeper and definitely more fun than the parody was intended to be. Stick around. It's an AppSock Files, the first show of 2020. I'm in a mood, but it's a good one. Stick around. And we're back here in the Knapsack Files. 2020 is a mood. It's a good mood. It's not an aggressive mood. It's a motivated mood. So I made this list. My best meals in 2019. And yes, it was... just popped in my head because I was looking around at everyone doing their lists. God bless you for doing them. And your top nines. I have no problem with top nines. It's fun. You don't think I don't look at my Instagram page and go, wow, what a fun year I had. What a fun life I've been living. It's actually a good reminder. Yes, Instagram is the best of our lives. And not everyone puts the dark stuff on there. Hey, just shut up. Let us have the enjoyment of good pictures. All right. So I did do that, and I, but I, I just don't do that. I just don't do these things, these hashtag trends, and, and I don't care if you do. It's just not for me. So occasionally I'll do a little parody of it, sometimes a little snarky. And even then I stopped doing that because uh, I think late last year, I don't know when it was, I did a... All right, everyone was ranking their favorite Star Wars movies, and I was like, all right, I'll do it. And I ranked my 10 favorite fast food hamburgers. That elicited debate. Some people actually tried to fight me on it. A list, 
and uh, including one point where I listed the double Western bacon cheeseburger twice, and someone wrote me and said, hey, I don't know if you, you listed this twice. I ignored them, but I wanted to reach through the internet and choke them and scream, learn what humor and joke construction is. I didn't want to go through that again. So I started to make a list of my best meals in 2019, and it was a little short list. It was just going to fit on Twitter. Just going to fit on Twitter. And, you know, I was like, uh, no, we're going to do a note. We're going to do a note. You know, a notepad tweet, is an Instagram post, is normally reserved for apologies. So one day I maybe I'll have to get there. But this time I used it for this list. My best meals in 2019. And I put some thought into this parody. And this parody... Like a lot of good jokes, based in truth. So here, here, here is the list. And, and some of you, uh, a lot of you probably saw it. Say, I think I have like 200 people listening to Appsack Files now, as opposed to the old days. I, I, you know, you do a couple parody programs like Mysteries the Unexplained, and suddenly people are jumping ship. I get it. It's a mood. 2020 is a mood, kids. All right. This was a, a joke, and then it turned real. So I'm, I'm going to go through and explain. I'm going to explain it. And yes, that sniffle, my Patreon supporters know, I've been, my nose has just been clogged for two months. You got breathe rights, I'm, I'm looking at, I don't know what's going on. Anyways, let's move on. Number 10 of my best meals in 2019. It's that lunch when Matt Key and I had to tell the waiter to cut us off for more chips and salsa at Don Cuco's in Burbank. Matt Key is a longtime uh, friend of mine, one of my best friends. Frequent guest here in the Knapsack Files. Uh, in fact, he was the first guest ever going back to 2013, if you dig it up, on, some, on a Radio Shack mixer board that I got from my friend Tim Powers and some mics. I think I spent 20 bucks for all the equipment. You want to know how to start a podcast? You just do it. And that was 2013. Now you can do it on your phone. Sign up with Anchor. I am on Anchor. You hear me sometimes. You do those. I do those ads for, hey, do you want to start a podcast? Go to Anchor. I, I, I believe in it. I believe in it. Because really then all you need is your phone if you're worried about equipment. You can get the equipment later. What's the lesson? Put your back up against the wall. Go forward and do it. All right. Mackie and I love to uh, take some good lunches, catch up. We, we we used to be writing partners. We often refer to ourselves as friends and writing partners uh, as a joke. And, uh, you know, over the years we just kind of stopped working together for no reason. Just life taking us different directions. We're still very close. I officiated his wedding to his wonderful wife, Brittany. We're very close. And one of those friends that we can go three, four weeks, don't don't talk, text, we're there for each other. So, you know, he's had a tough year. Speaking some, There's someone who has had a t- tough 2019. And we've been talking about how to approach going into 2020. And we recently had a lunch. As we always do, we love Mexican food. Just like Grace and I love some chips and salsa. Matt Key and I, oh, chips and salsa, that's our thing. Mex- Mexican food, tacos. We have a thing. We have a, like a little symbol. Uh, we have a little like a less shorthand language of, "Hey man, I need some. I need some discount tacos, or I need some tacos." That's just I could text that to him. He texts that to me, and that's just code for, "Hey man, my good friend, I need to just sit with you, laugh, joke, vent, get advice, not get advice, eat some good food, blow ourselves up on some food, and uh, just to be in that moment as friends." And uh, we did that recently. And I got to tell you, I am. I do. A lot of baskets of chips and salsa. That's often, as much as I say I love Mexican food, really what I mean is, what I, mean is I love chips and salsa. So we are Don Cucos in Burbank. Don Cucos is a couple locations in the valley here. One, I'll be honest, smells like dish soap, a dirty dish soap. And I don't, uh, I don't go to that one, like a dirty dish soap rag. I don't go to that one much. But there's one downtown Burbank. Oh, it's great. And it's low lit. You feel like you're doing a mob deal every time. So Key and I go there, and the waiters that, you know, we go there. I go there enough that I think they sometimes recognize me. This other location I go to, which I think just closed down. Oh, my God, that's not good. They definitely wouldn't know. They know Grace and I. They know to bring out the hot salsa for her, the mild salsa for me, you know, medium-range salsa for me. I'm not a wimp. So Don Cougar's Burbank, they kind of know me, kind of know me, but not enough. And they just kept bringing, I think we got to seven baskets of chips and salsa, finished it, and we're like, no more. I 
I'm not counting it for any kind of record. You out there listening may have had a 12 chips and salsa restaurant uh, visit. That's fine. For us, it was big. For us, it was uh, almost ruined the meal. And we were just laughing. Just laughing that just it, over the course of this conversation, so engrossed, we just dip, chip, dip, chip, dip, chip, chip, and dip, chip and dip. And it went and went. And we had to roll ourselves out. But that's why, and this particular one, we do this a lot, but this particular one, particular day, it's an important day, important conversation. We're still working on some stuff together, too. We hopefully, hopefully this year will, will happen uh, ever forward. But uh, yeah, so that was number 10. Chips and salsa, crazy, and Don Kukos. Number nine, I put the steak dinner Roger Craig Smith cooked for Mark Riley and I, despite the fact that we showed up to his house empty-handed. Now, it's a little dig at Riley and I, but that's for some comic uh, effects, some comedic effect there, but really, uh, truth be told, Roger, uh, Roger Craig Smith, one of the most talented uh, voiceover actors out there. Done a lot of things. Assassin's Creed, Sonic. He had a turn at, at Batman. He was in the movie, uh, Disney uh, Pixar movie Planes. He Just a, a great career. Uh, the, the Say Yes to the Dress, he's the announcer. Did a Chevy commercial. K-Rock liner uh, VO guy. He's had a great career. He's worked hard for it. And he has reached a point. He's our age. Uh, he, he, has, he has some spoils from his victories. And he is one of the most gen, genuous, genuous, genuine and generous, generous. Wow. I didn't even drink last night. He is a generous guy and says, I work so hard. He doesn't have a wife, doesn't have kids because I work so hard. I want to share in, in this. So he'll do his thing occasionally. I'll just invite, invite some people over, host a party, get some good food, get some steaks. He's got this great pad. Uh, deep in the valley, and 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 uh, you can go outside. There's like a kitchen on the outside, not just like a barbecue. Just like there's a kitchen on the outside, pool, hot tub if you need it. But we don't even do that. And we, uh, he went to high school with Mark Riley, so they have a long history. Occasionally, far too few, but also we don't want to invite ourselves over. We go over, we show up empty-handed, and we feel bad about it. And he cooks a great dinner. We only did that once in 2019, so it's on my list. On my list. Again, testament to good friends and to the generous, generous spirit. I'm going to leave it in. I'm not going to edit this segment out. I say words wrong all the time, and you know it. He's uh, not afraid to share, and that is a, just a, it's, it's an important thing in this industry that we're in. It's an important thing in life. No matter what you're doing, friends and family, important to have those people in your life who, who've worked hard and understand your struggles and understand what you're searching for, but are also not afraid to go, hey, here's what I've earned, and I want you to share in that joy. That's why I do it, and that makes it an important meal. Next time, though, I think I'm bringing a bag of potato chips. Number eight, the time I accidentally ordered two Jersey Mike subs and just ate both. All right, I put that in for a little bit of joke, except for it really happened. Now, I'll say this: I'll break down the uh, I'll break down the mystique. I actually uh, ate them on two separate days. I don't want it to seem like I stumbled into a sub sandwich shop, didn't know what I was doing, ordered two sandwiches, and then sat down right there in the restaurant and ate both of them. No, I mean I, I'm capable of that. Now I went to Jersey Mike subs. Now I have this. Uh, this speaks to. I have a problem. It's 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 a collection of like a, a pet peeves, some low level anxiety. I, I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I have this thing about ordering food. Sit down restaurants, a little a little different. Just treat the staff nice. That's all I ask if you're out there with me. You can take your time. You get the you get the menu in your hands. The waiter can give you advice. I you know. I don't like if you're at a, if you're at a dinner with me. Don't do too many of the asking the waiter. What do you recommend? What do you recommend things? Sorry, I'm choking on the lunch I had. <clears throat> I should have had some better advice. You know, just don't do that too much. I don't, well, I, you know, what do you recommend? The waiter doesn't care. And yes, it's their job to choose. But see, there, see, see, you can hear it in my voice. The tone changes. I've been very grumpy 
at restaurants when you when you have to or fast food or walk in fast food, the Paneras, the Chipotles, whatever it is, the Subways, Jersey Mike's. If you go inside, if we have to order and then go sit down or order and get it to go, my anxiety ticks up. My anger level ticks up. You know, I have my pal Josh McCuga got some roadway road rage. I've got some ordering rage. I get mad at the people in front of me. I'll get mad at the people behind me. And I'll get mad, unfortunately, unfortunately, the people with me. Grace, my mother, eh, friends, yeah, you know, secret resentments. My thought is this. You, you, you get in there. If you don't know, if you've never been to a spot fair, take a moment before you get in line. Peruse the menu. But find something that is close to what you like. Stick with it. And if you got time in line, study, change on the fly. But if you're walking right up and there's no line, be prepared. Don't waste their time. The staff members, eh, that's their job. Don't waste their time. And don't waste yours and don't waste the time of anyone with you. Um, again, I'm not saying it's the best approach for me. I get angry over it. So uh, one of my pet peeves is like, if you if there's a if it's a lunch rush at like a Chipotle or a Subway sandwich, one of those pizza places where you just go down a line and the pe- per- person behind the counter makes it for you and it's made to order, you know, be prepared. Know there's a line. Know there's a lunch rush, which lunch rush, which means someone might be on a thirty minute lunch break. Get in, get out. Yeah, boop. Drives me crazy. So I put that pressure on myself, though, a lot. So I w- was heading to a Jersey Mike's. You know, as often when you head to like a Jersey Mike's or a Subway sandwich or a Firehouse Subs or a Schmoopy Boopies Meatball Hut, I don't care, whatever it is, it's not planned too much. I'm going to go down. I'm going to go to the grocery store. Oh, there's a Del Taco. I'm going to go get 17 tacos. That's how it happens. It's like men with haircuts. We just, it's, it's an old joke. It's a, it's a stereotypical genderfied joke, but it's true. You'll be sitting around two o'clock on a Wednesday. I need a haircut now. Boom. You go out. You don't plan it. You don't think about it. Boom. You go do it. So it is with me in Subway sandwich shops or Jersey Mike's shops. I just went into one and I was walking in. There's always a line at this one particular Jersey Mike's franchise location. Kind of new new to the market, just opened up in this little area near where I live. And I walked in thinking I had some time. Now, I know what I want. Usually I get a number seven, regular, wheat bread, Mike's way. End of story. I'll add pickles if I'm fancy. I'll add pickles if I know I have their attention. If I don't have their attention, don't worry about it. No pickles. I'll pay. I'm going to get out of your way. I'm going to get out of the way of the people in line. That's how I do it. Have your chips selected before you get to the boop and register. Don't get to the register. You want chips? Uh, sure. I hate that person. So this one particular day, I'm thinking, I'll get myself my seven, my seven, my number seven, Mike's way. Let me get crazy something. She doesn't normally eat sandwiches, doesn't, doesn't eat Subway sandwiches. One day, she was feeling kind of peckish, a little sick. I, I got her a Jersey Mike's little sandwich, a little tiny and mini, and she was like, oh, that's pretty good. So I was like, going to surprise her, because that's love. Surprise the person you're with with a nice sandwich. It's, it's going to keep the fire going. And I'm thinking as I walk in, I'll surprise her with it. What was the one she liked? Oh, God, I can't remember. What was it? Don't worry. I'll have time in line. I walk in, no line. Like dinner time, five o'clock, no line. It was like a miracle. Like the, the waves of the ocean parted for Moses. I walk in. It's wide open. So I get rock, walk, walk, walk right up. The employee, a nice young lady was there. Hey, what can I get you? And I, I, I do this. I, um, uh, yeah, can I get, oh gosh. Uh, can I get a number seven uh, regular on uh, can I get that gluten-free? I don't know. Yeah, taste or preference. Uh, a preference or, or, or health reason. I Both? I don't know. Uh, cool. Um, I need another one, but can you give me a second? She, and she goes, okay. And I get a, go to tech, get on the phone and text. And for some reason, the girl just goes, 
uh, all right, and, and you wanted a number, that was a number seven, right? And I go, yeah, number seven. She goes, what else, what else did you want? Like as if, as if my give me a second didn't register or didn't come across, even though she did acknowledge it. But I'm thinking to myself, it's okay. No one's behind you in line. It's a rare, empty Jersey Mike's. I pull up my phone to text Grace and say, hey, I'm going to surprise you with a sandwich. Surprise ruined. What was the one you liked? As I do that, six people walk in. Three parties behind me. Suddenly, I'm sweating. And the girl's like, what do you want? What, do you, what was the second one? Did you want a second one? Did you need a second sandwich? What was... And I just go, I go, uh, Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> There's... I'm not, that's actually a sniffing sound effect. I was, I was sniffing my bad decision. And she hates that sandwich. I know she hates that sandwich. In keeping with my ordering anxiety and ordering approach, I don't change it. I don't go, oh, excuse me. Actually, can I turn that to a roast beef? No, I just go, yeah, yeah, Philly cheesesteak. Thank you. Get it. Go back. Grace is like, oh, no, I don't, I don't want that. I don't actually want a sandwich tonight. Uh, can we order sushi? Can we do something else? So I have one of my sandwiches for dinner and I have one the next day. And that's fine. You're paying for two meals. But that is a, it's a testament to me. It's a lesson. That's why it's one of my favorite meals. It's a reminder to myself. Calm it down. Don't be afraid to back out. If you make a bad decision, that's an important, valuable piece of uh, advice in life, right? You make a bad decision. You know you're heading down a wrong path. You can turn around. And I'll work on my ordering anxiety. I promise. But there's a lesson in the two Jersey Mike subs. Number seven, the 7-Eleven prepackaged deli sandwich I ate in my car while running late to Jedi Council. All right, you guys know I love 7-Eleven. But here's the thing. I, I get coffee there generally. Maybe a Gatorade or an electrolyte-based drink. I, I, I donut. I, I don't get the hot food. I don't get slices of pizza or the big bites or the hot dogs. And God bless you. A lot of you tweet me. Hey, Cad, you eating a 7-Eleven cheeseburger? I've never had one in my life. It just was a bit that ran wild. But I do love 7-Eleven, and I do know them intimately, and I do have rankings on the best 7-Elevens in the greater Valley area. That you can tweet me about. But I do love those prepackaged sandwiches. Oh, you've heard me talk about them a lot. And this is the one. I think I talked about it maybe in the afternoons with Makuga. Came in a plastic package. Maybe I talked about it on, on an episode of Napsack Files. I probably talked about it everywhere. That's why I can't exactly remember. The plastic packaging, when you when you ripped it open, you could flip it upside down and make a little sandwich tray. It was genius. I was running late to Jedi Council. I'm not, I'm not often late, and we don't shoot it live right now. Usually I'm there really early, but it was one of those days, some things in the house, working some things. Crap, I got to go. It wasn't like I was going to miss the show, but I was going to you know not have time to go over the notes and do all those kind of things. I was running late, but I was starving. A lot of times, what I'll do when I get to Jedi Council, I go across the way to downtown Burbank to like a Panera, get myself a sandwich. I know exactly what I When I walk in to the, that Panera, they know what I'm ordering. I didn't have time for that, so I grabbed a 7-Eleven sandwich, and it was like a new recipe. I don't know what truck it fell off of. It was so good, and it had the little plastic tray. And I just remember driving down to Burbank, scarfing this sandwich, all the calories and and bad things in it, and just thinking, wow, this is a great sandwich. And that is why it's one of my best meals of 2019. Early in the year, January, February, God, 2019 moved fast. Mark Ellis and Josh McCougan and I did a, a comedy program. Out there in Phoenix, the Tempe, Arizona, Scottsdale's well, there's that, that big Phoenix area. And we, you know, spent the day at Top Golf, a good time out there at the Rock Club, hung out with a lot of you. I got to meet uh, some people like Snacks in person, DJ Snacks, a lot of those fine folks. And we were out there. Um, my friend James, uh, I hadn't seen him for years, he, he was out there. Um, we drove, we didn't fly, we drove. So we. Almost died off the off the ten freeway that we um, that we story we've told a few times on stage, and we had some uh, jamba juice after that. That was a good meal because we were alive after this car uh, crash almost happened. Uh, we were almost involved in. 
Uh, but on the way back, man, it was an early morning. It was sun, uh, Sunday morning. We did the show Friday night. We drove out there Friday. Did the show Friday night. Then Saturday, we did the Top Golf. Had a great day. Did a lot of drinking. Did all that. But we, that's yeah, about a six hour drive, six and a half hour drive. If you stop some places, and we were like, you know what, we're going to do it. We don't have a plane to catch. We could get up and do a little uh, later, you know, leave, leave at 11. But Ellis was driving and he said, hey, let's do it. We're getting up at five and we're hitting on the road. And it sucks. But then we did it. And we both, all three of us fell asleep pretty e- easily that night. And I actually kind of like it when you get up and it's like whoosh, so cold and damp and the world hasn't awoken yet. And you get to kind of experience the city in a different way. We did. We went downtown Tempe to a Starbucks, got uh, Ellis's uh, large Trenta iced tea and uh, got some coffee and we hit the road. And then Ellis got tired, and we pulled in the gas station. And this great, this really funny inside joke that's happened. I saw this guy get mad at a gas station pump. Literally, like, look to the air and go, "Arg!" And it just—it's still a shared joke between us. Um, the mayor of Brawley, we call him. But Ellis said, "Can one of you take over?" So I'd been in the back seat. Um, I said, "Yeah, I'll do it," but I hadn't. Uh, you know, kind of road road rules for me. Like, I, even if I'm in the back seat, I'm not going to fall asleep while you're driving. It's kind of the professional wrestling rule. I try to keep to that. So I uh, said, "Yeah, of course." Uh, honored to drive the Fusion. I started to fade. Started to fade. And that boy started waking up. Josh and Mark kind of both fell asleep. And that's always works. You're like, man, these guys are trust. They fall asleep in the car and they're trusting me. I could crash. I could fall asleep at the wheel. End it all. But they don't, they're asleep. They're trusting me. They woke up and said, guys, I got to stop. Bathroom. Oh, we were making good time. But I need, I need a kick. I need a kick in the pants to pick me up. So just outside or before Blythe, California, uh, I think it's called Edinburgh or Edinburgh. It's a weird little city off the 10 freeway. There are signs for the cleanest gas station in the land, the cleanest gas station in the West or whatever it is. And it looks like a, castle on a hill so, so, okay let's go there and I'll be damned if it's not the cleanest gas station in the world and it's this giant multi-pump facility and you go on the inside it's a giant convenience store it's huge and it's clean and the staff there takes it seriously I recently went through there with Grace and it was busy it was a little busy but it was still clean like, we're talking the bathroom stalls aren't just, like, stalls. They're, like, rooms. Like, they, they're giving you a great experience. They know what they got. The 10 freeway and nothing else. You need to stop here for a piss and a snack. Wear your spot. And they market that. And it was just this great, almost heavenly experience. And I grabbed an extra large pack of chocolate donuts for that kick in the pants I needed. And I still have fond memories of those donuts fond memories of that stop and that place and the cleanliness of that bathroom. 2019 gave me the gift of clean chocolate donuts. Number five on my list of best meals in 2019. A large collection of great tasting potato chips provided for the talent at the Schmodown event in Chicago. You, you may, if you're a fan of the, the show Collider Live or the Schmodown, you may have heard this story before in, in a nutshell. Big Schmodown event in Chicago, part of Star Wars Celebration. We had to go to this nice big theater. Uh, I think a thousand people showed up. It was insane. Amazing. God bless you all who showed up. I wasn't competing that night, but I was uh, involved uh, with the event. Um, I think uh, Scrimshaw and Alex Damon were competing. Uh, Star Wars Trivia Championship, all those kind of things. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. So many people. So many memories. Schmodown is planned very well. These and they come together, even even when they're not, or they're not. It's not they're not always planned well, but things happen. And the trip to New York in January was great, but like there was a hotel room snafu, all those kind of things. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And when you, as long as you got like Mark Ellis on the team, he makes sure everything works out. And he has a lot of help from other people. Like in New York, it was P.J. Campbell came through with hotels. Uh, this hotel situation was up. 6 a.m. dealing with it with Mark. God bless both those men. Uh, Schmodown is run off in the events are coordinated by uh, a girl named Megan uh, Sanborn. She's amazing. So um, 
all that to say, like, sometimes stuff happens. And what happened was there wasn't a lot of food. There wasn't any crafty. And there was a big crew for the Schmodown, not just the people competing and the crew who were shooting the events like Cody Hall, Thad Williams, uh, RB3, Christian Rufacabla. And often they don't get the food or snacks because they're busy working the entire time. Um, but a lot of people show up, too, because it's Schmodown. If you're in the, in the area and you're part of the Schmodown, come by. We want you there. Part of the atmosphere. It's part of the fun. There's like 30 or 40 of us and there's like six on the show. It's like a little mini vacation for all of us. We're all out there in Chicago, Star Wars Celebration. It was great. Uh, and um, it just, they didn't have food. And they tried to, where there was, and the, where this theater was, there wasn't like a grocery store nearby. There was, so Alex Marzonia, who's so great, does a lot of behind the scenes work. He ended up ordering some food. He ordered, now infamously, like 60 bags of potato chips. So it kind of was all he could get. And I got to tell you, and I'm not going to call out any names. Some of them are people I love dearly. The food shows up. These chips show up. And everyone starts complaining. And Alex is usually unflappable. But you could see it on his face that he just wanted to yell, go F yourself. It's all I could do in a pinch. And it's like, look, yeah, we showed up hungry. It's going to be a long night. But we're all in Chicago. We're all on a trip. We're all in an event. The restaurants will be open. Get your food later. Maybe make sure you have a snack beforehand, amateurs. So, <laughs> I don't want to call anyone out. Cam Rice and I, he's a good dude. We were like the only two who were like, of the people who were participating, some people didn't carry the way. They weren't going to eat before, you know, Scrum Show was competing. He's not going to eat food before, all that kind of stuff. But the hangers on and bangers on, who were all sitting around not having anything to do with the event, or they're walking out for a second, or whatever they are doing. <laughs> I think I was announcing too. I can't remember. <laughs> they're all complaining, like the children that they are. Well, I where are the well, there's chips. All there is is chips. I want a steak. Where's some Chicago style deep dish pizza? Get it. Cam and Cam Rice and I are just sitting there in the corner eating the chips. And there was a lot of... I mean, it wasn't just like a bunch of Lay's Classic. There was some salt and vinegar. There was some sour cream and onions, some cheddar ones. Oh, my gosh. If you like chips, it was a chips lover's dream. And I sat there. I think collectively, uh, Cam and I ate 60% of the bags. And I was full. Empty calories, for sure, yeah. I was full. Had a fun evening. Later on, got some food. Like a like a pro. I don't... My friend Lou Santini has his... Uh, be a pro campaign, his podcast, check it out. I'm not, I'm not stealing his stuff, but he's right. Sometimes there's people, you just look at them, and these aren't just, you know, regular folks. These are like professional entertainers. You just look at them, you're like, you're amateurs. You're amateurs. And I was so, I just was so pissed that these ingrates, some of them flown to Chicago to compete in a movie trivia show or to not even compete to watch it in the audience. And they get to go to a convention, often for free, because their press are complaining that the poor guy putting together the chips it does it in a pinch, and they're angry. I have to eat potato chips. Oh, but I did, and it was great. And I sat there, they're, and they're not hiding it. That's the other thing. They weren't, sometimes things happen. Even, and even there's things that happen on the schmodown that might piss me off behind the scenes. But I had the decency to just not deal with it right there. To not add to the pressure of those putting on the event. The people come screaming and running up to Christian. I, 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 I don't like the wheels. The, 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 the categories on the wheel. Ah! They come up to Ellis. Ah, there's no steak back there. There's potato chips. Ah! And all they're doing is raising the pressure. The mounting pressure of this event in front of a thousand people. And I sat there listening to these fuckers. Mountain on chips like a king. That was one of my favorite meals. Alex, if you're listening, you did well. Number four on my list. We did talk about this on a recent episode with Christian Ruvalcaba coming in here. Just recently, Mark Ellis brought Christian from the Wangers and me to Washington, D.C. for some comedy shows. 
Uh, Christian taped them, and I have a good 25-minute video of my second set. It's a great... I've got to figure out... still got to figure out what to do with it. I'm afraid to go back and watch... I watched it once, and I'm going to go back and critique it. Um, but it was great. It looks great. Great three-camera shoot. Ruvikov is just a champion. And on this night, he proved his worth. Like Faramir in... Uh, and return of the king. I need to prove my quality. Oh, he proved his quality tenfold. We did the show. We hung out at the bar afterwards. Great time. Uh, some people there, the Tamor and Abdul from my Patreon page were there. Uh, some uh, old handsaw, some, a lot of people uh, who support me on Patreon, and I love them dearly, and we did a great comedy show. Drinks afterwards, and we go back to our hotel. Our hotel was a little bit of ways away from the venue and closer to the airport on purpose. Great decision. Mark Ellis is the best traveler in the world. So <laughs> we get back to our room and, and it's a typical, you got to have a beer. You got to relax. Go to, we go to Mark's hotel room and we knew it was that when that little window, either we keep drinking, we're leaving early. We're like, we're leaving at 5 a.m. We got to just to stay up. You get the early 7 a.m. flight out of D.C. and uh, let's just stay up. But it was that window. You're like, or we can go to bed now. We all can get about three hours of sleep, just a good nap, get to the airport and get home. And I think we're about to go to sleep. I think the vote went from stay up to let's sleep. We're slinging a, a beer, each of us. And we're all we're like, I'm kind of hungry. I'm kind of hungry. And Ruvakaba, a champion, <laughs> goes, I'm going to order some cheeseburgers. I don't know. I'm crying. <laughs> we said, really? It's like 2 a.m. He goes, I found someone they're going to deliver. They're open. And I'm going to Uber eat it or, or Postmate it or, you know, food truck it. I don't care. Whatever it's called. We said, all right, let's do it. Mark's like, I'll pay. He's like, no, no, I'll pay. And he did. He ordered, a, we ordered three cheeseburgers, order fries each, puts in the order. And we're laughing about it. And we're really drunk. We're so drunk that when the evacuation alarms start going two minutes later, all three of us kept talking until we finally stopped and we're like, what's, are you hearing that? Am I hearing that right? What's happening? Please evacuate the hotel. There's been an emergency. Please evacuate the hotel. There's been an emergency. Please evacuate the hotel. Are you dreaming it? Am I dreaming it? No, we're no, it's real. So we get out. Even though I was drunk, my security training kicks in. Walk out. There's a kid in the hallway, like early 20s. Oh, I didn't do it. He, he's like talking to us. I didn't do it. I didn't do it, but I told him not to. And we look, and there was a fire alarm pulled right in front of uh, Mark's hotel room. Now we're, we look like the suspects. I mean, cameras probably would have showed it. Uh, though security cameras don't trust that they'll actually capture anything. Trust me. Then some lady comes out, some older lady, um, hobbling. She had some injury, not making fun, but she just was like she had a cane. She's probably like 48, but she looks 16. She's hobbling around, and she's like, you bastards, you bastards. She's like, scream, but she's like screaming at us. But I think she was screaming at the other kids. And we're like, I don't know. This guy says it's an alarm. It's a false alarm. And, and, the, and this 20-year-old kid is like, it's a false Go back to your room. Go back to your room. But I'm like, hey, we're not going to trust this kid. So we go down the stairs because that's what you should do. And we go down the stairs. We go in the lobby. Everyone's there. WWE superstar Dolph Ziggler's there with a hoodie trying to. It's like 2.30 in the morning in the hotel. And the poor girl working the front desk is like, hey, we're working on it. Uh, hold on. like, And everyone starts screaming at her. Like, again, talk about just amateurish behavior. I, I, I got to go back on Lou's show. And you guys should check out Lou Santini's podcast. Um, everyone's yelling at this 20-year-old girl, probably a college student, working a graveyard job so she can make enough money to get through her schooling to go get on with life. And you had these dummies screaming at her about the fire fire alarm. First of all, if, if, if it was real, your life might be in danger. So if, shut up and pay attention. Come down, and, and, and a maintenance guy shows up, and I, I think I was drunkenly walked up to him. I'm like, "Hey, um, I saw it's a false alarm on the ninth floor. 
we saw someone came up to us and said they pulled it, and and he, and he, he of course can't he shouldn't take my word for it, especially because he can smell the alcohol from where he was standing. So we sit there in the lobby, wait for the fire department. DC's finest uh, fire department shows up, and uh, I know the routine. They can't take anyone's word. One, you got to go to the fire panel enunciator. You got to acknowledge the alarm. You got to go see where it's going. If it's a pull station thing, if if if, if the if, if fire alarm has been pulled, you can't just reset it. It's a procedure. I know I used to do it weekly at the mall. Dummies pulling the fire alarms at malls. If you've done that ever in your life, repent to God because I'm coming for you. So in the middle of this, there's an engine. No ladder, no battalion, just the engines out there. Lights still going, sirens off. Driver uh, out there. Um, all of a sudden, <laughs> we're, in the, we're in the lobby. And by the way, we're fully dressed. We are fully dressed. Everyone else in that lobby, pajamas. Ziggler may have had jeans on, but he had this hoodie. Maybe clearly came from, there was a WWE event that night. It was like a Friday night, so there's some house show out there. And he's got the look in the face of, like, just no one recognize me, please. I just want to get out of here. And uh, some people started coming up to him, because of course. Um, which is fine, but whatever. We're fully dressed. And people are looking at us like, how are how are these guys? So now we're suspects. Like, well, how are these guys? One of them's drunkenly saying he knows where the alarm was pulled. They're all dressed. What's happening? And finally, they're like, "Hey, it's a false alarm. You all can go back." And this is what's also weird. So after they yell at the girl at the front desk, now she's saying, "Hey, everyone, it is a false alarm. We're resetting it. You can go back to your rooms." No one goes back to the rooms. They sit there because they're now part of something fun. They're part of an emergency. Yay! Flashy lights. Men with, uh, 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 you know, it was it was an all male. The crew, that's why I'm saying it. Um, men with the, you know, the turnout gear on uh, with, with fire hoses. Ooh, ooh. So no one left. And the girl kind of was like, F it. My shift ends in three hours. In the middle of this, Christian Ruvacamba grabs his phone and says, oh, it's here. He goes out. We follow him out. This young woman pulls up in like a Hyundai right next to the fire truck, right next to some firefighters. We come out. She hands us a bag of cheeseburgers. The firefighters are looking at us like, what the hell's going on? But God bless it, we're impressed. And we walk back into the lobby with cheeseburgers. And everyone in that lobby looked at us like we were either gods or demons. And we got in the uh, stairwell. We walked back up to the ninth floor and ate our GD cheeseburgers. And holy crap. As Mark Ellis said in that moment, we keep saying, those cheeseburgers... Were clutch. My number four meal. My number three favorite meal in 2019, the 1 a.m. omelet from Coral Cafe after my stand-up return to the comedy store. I put it on Instagram. I don't like doing the food pictures, but this one meant a lot. You guys know, I go going back to perform stand-up comedy at the comedy store was not something I would ever have thought I'd be doing, but in 2019, I did it. It's a great night, great set to those that were there. Thank you. And uh, again, your adrenaline is pumping. I didn't eat much before. I was starving. We, we, there's a diner I love called Coral Cafe. So we ordered it. We had it delivered at one in the morning. And I sat there and had a California uh, avocado uh, drenched omelet at 1 a.m. Watching TV with my beloved and our dogs just celebrating the moment. So there, pretty simple. Number two, let's go back to that trip to Arizona. Mark Ellis, Josh McCuga, me, Ken Napsack doing comedy in the Mark Ellis and Friends comedy show. Mark does comedy a lot out there. He's been there. He says Friday night for the show. I'm going to take you guys to dinner. I hope you guys don't mind a chain pizza restaurant. Get out of our hotel room. Technically, we're in Tempe, Arizona. We head downtown, a little college area, bustling. Cold that night, actually. And we're walking over there because it's a little bit of a walk. We're like, we're fine, we're fine, we're fine. You know, back in my head, Josh and I are like, chain restaurant pizza. Yeah, all right. But Mark's buying. We're eating. We get in there, and he's like, he's talking it up, but he's also tempering our expectations. It's just, I just like going to this place. I don't know what it is about it. It's just good. And we get there. 
and it's mellow mushroom. Oh, mellow mushroom. It's a chain. There's other locations. I've never heard of it. It's somewhat regional, I guess, to this area. I, if I had the money to invest, I'd open, open up a franchise spot here in uh, Burbank. So we go in. We have it. And I'll tell you, boys. I'll tell you, girls. I'll tell you, cats and dogs. I can't explain it. But it wasn't just me. Ellis was like, thank you for confirming it. Josh McCuga backed him up and backed me up. It's the best pizza I've ever had. Ah, oh, yes, you New York pizza snobs. Got it. Oh, you Chicago deep dish snobs. Got it. Uh, pizza's good. It's hard to do pizza wrong, all right? It's even the cheap pizza we all kind of like because it's pizza. But I got to tell you, it just, I don't know. And it wasn't like I was starving and this was like, oh, this is the food I need at this moment and it could have been a piece of trash and I'd love it. No, no, it was so good. So good, in fact, we went back the next night after a day of top golf, and we had decided, we thought, hey, there's a lot of people out here some of them made the trip out to this area to watch the comedy show, and they're still around. Maybe we should put out a tweet, have an impromptu fan meetup, and be a, kind of a fun night. Uh, again, we're going to leave early, but hey, let's do it. It didn't happen. We top golfed ourselves nearly to death, and then we got back to the hotel, and Mark was like, it was still early. And we're like, hey, uh, you guys want to grab some dinner? Then maybe we'll put that tweet out about a fan meetup or something like that. We can still do it. We can still do it. We're like, yeah, yeah. What, what, what do we got? And we you know, start listening, listing the options in, in the greater Tempe area. And we're like, we all know what we want. We're going back to the Mellow Mushroom. So we did it. And we walked over there from our hotel again. It's not far, but it was far enough. And we were sore from six to seven hours of golf and drinking. Let's be honest. And we made it there. And instead of getting a booth or anything, it was kind of crowded on, on a Saturday night. We just we got a, a little table in the bar. We ordered two two pies. And we, ate, we ate it in silence, all three of us. And the pizza was even better than it was the night before. I don't know what the magic ingredient is. Josh McCuga recently went to that same location. And he texted both Mark and I and said, it is as still good as I remember it. Some of you have access to Mellow Mushroom, and you're probably thinking, eh, it's not that great. I understand. I have access to In-N-Out, and I think it's one of the worst hamburgers in the world. But people travel around the world to come try it. That's me. That's you. And so it is with Mellow Mushroom. Something magical about it. We're trying to plan a comedy show again out there. Stay tuned for more information. But if we're being honest, we're really only doing that because we want to go to Mellow Mushroom. The number one best meal in 2019 that I experienced. Thank you all for indulging me. This is a place that I like to go to a lot. And I had the pleasure of taking uh, Grace to this location for the first time. And she was uh, downright emotional because it was one of the key shooting locations for one of her favorite films, La La Land. Which is interesting. When I saw La 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 Land the I saw. It, I didn't see it in the theaters. I saw it a uh, home video release. <laughs> Picked up a VHS tape of it, and I watched it at home. And you know, I, I it took me two nights to get through, and I didn't really connect with it, and didn't really necessarily like it. And but I did like the ending. The ending was bittersweet and sad, and I liked those kind of endings. And I, I liked it. I was like, okay, I liked it. But you know, not my favorite movie. Yeah, I know a lot of people dunk on the movie. A lot of people make fun, of course, because everyone does. I didn't do that. I like Ryan Gosling. I like Emma Stone. J.K. Simmons is in it. I had no problem with any of this stuff. I just didn't connect with the movie. It's one of Grace's favorite movies. And we did watch it. We watched it at, at her house uh, before we, we lived uh, lived together. And I saw it through her eyes. And she still gets emotional and affected. And there's a lot of similarities between her and the Emma Stone character, including the state from which they were born, their age, their profession, their pursuits, their dreams, their struggles. And suddenly all the things I uh, might have not connected with the movie or not liked about the movie faded away because I was watching it through her eyes and it moved me because it was moving her. And there was a scene that came up. That's where Ryan Gosling gets fired by J.K. Simmons. And I was like, oh, you know, that's, uh, yeah, I, I know that restaurant. I go there every once in a while. It's a smokehouse. And she's like, what? And she knows it's shot in L.A. Obviously, it's La La Land. She gets it. She goes, where is this place? And I go, oh, it's, it's like three minutes from where we are right now. 
So we planned a dinner. And it's it's a nice restaurant, but you can like you can wear a baseball cap and jeans if you need to, you know. But it's it's got history. The Smokehouse 1946, I believe is what they call it on Twitter there. Johnny Carson used to go there after shooting the Tonight Show. Uh, it is across from street from studios there, not too far from the what used to be the Embassy Studios in Burbank, and now just a general uh, a studio. Uh, they um, uh, Sinatra used to go there all the time. They have a meal named after Sinatra, Steak Sinatra. Uh, George Clooney still to this day is known to go there. They've got a singing, they've got some lounge stuff, they got a bar. It's great. It's great. So I said, oh, honey, we got to go. And, you know, even though you, even though you could do it somewhat casually and you could just go in and grab a drink and all that kind of things. I said, no, we got to, we, let's do it right. So we did. We made a, made a reservation. We dressed up kind of nice and we went and she was just, just the location, just walking in. Cause it's, it's, they redesigned it a little bit for La La Land, but it's, you walk into the, the bar side and you're like, oh, I'm in the movie set. And even though we're both living in L.A. and I'm L.A. 22 years now and she's been here six or so years, like you, know, you walk, you drive by a spot and you go, hey, that movie, that's from that movie, that movie. And sometimes it's fun and sometimes you're like, yeah, 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 a yeah, movie's been shot here, whatever. This one, it was like she was moved by it with good reason. I, you know, I don't know, it'd be like me walking onto a Death Star. <laughs> oh, hey, I, I like this thing. Um, it was great. I was excited. It was a good night. It was a good night. So we've kept going back. And on our second trip back, you see, there's this thing they got on the menu. And it says, uh, our world-famous garlic bread, like cheese garlic bread. The best garlic bread in the world, it says. Now, I love garlic bread. I love cheese toast. I love garlic cheese toast. Rest in peace, Sizzler. But come on, the best in the world, world famous, sure, sure, nice try, but sure. Folks, if you've never had the Smokehouse barbecue, garlic, cheese toast, uh, you haven't experienced heaven. Get on out here. If you're local, try it. Travel. If you're coming to L.A. for something, make a trip. Plan it. Get a reservation. Head on out. The first night, the first time we were there, that emotional first trip to Smokehouse, we had it. She loved it. Wow. She was blown away by it. I'm like, yep, it's as good as I remember every time. Second time we went back, it was uh, less official. We just kind of went back for dinner one night. We had a, you can order like a half order, but come on. What are we, rookies? We order the full order, a little basket. We crush it. Waiter takes our full dinner order, comes back with some drinks, second round of drinks. And she says, do you want some more bread? And we said, well, <laughs> sure. So we order another full basket of garlic cheese toast. We crush it. We're having a conversation. We look around. We heard all of the people watch. It's a great, the music's starting to play. The Marvin Robinson, this guy plays like two Fridays of the month. He's amazing. He's great. And uh, we didn't realize it, but we finished the second basket. So the waiter comes back, oh, you want another one? And we look at each other and we're like, come on, we could. Yes. Yes, we want a third basket. They brought in a third basket of garlic cheese toast. And we pretty much finished it by the time our meals came, which we could barely finish. We rolled home that night. No need for a car. And we just sat on a couch looking at the heavens, praising the Lord Jesus for his garlic toast that he has blessed us humans with and can be found at the smokehouse. And that is why it is my favorite meal. In 2019, there's some honorable mentions at some great Sizzler trips back when Sizzler was still open around these parts in my show, Hot Sizzler Nights. I think it was 2018, but Lon Harris was butthurt that, uh, with good reason, I said butthurt with good reason, that our Sizzler meal didn't make it, and I understand that. In Chicago, I uh, also had a great meal with my friend Chris, my old junior high, high school friend. I moved out there. We met up on the day I found that uh, we were stranded in Chicago one extra day on that evening. Um, before Game of Thrones and everything, I met up with him and he took me to Fukuro Chao, which I'd never really been to. And holy crap, I about had a heart attack with all the meat, all the meat sweats. And it was good. So I had a lot of meals, a lot of great meals, good lunches, good brunches, good breakfasts, good late night diner visits and all those kind of things. And even those fast food trips where you eat most of the food in your car before you get home. It's all there. And food is important to me, but it's not the food. You got to be healthy. Eat better. That's a thing. That's a resolution. But what it is for me, I am that guy. 
that likes to gather some folks, sit around, let's eat, let's talk, let's take our time, let's have a nice drink, and let's just live in the moment. Meals are good. It's the basis of a lot of work, friendships, and relationships, and it should be celebrated. And that is why I started out making a parody list, but ended up making something close to my heart. And I wanted to go over it today as I look back, and now with you, all look forward with our backs to the walls. What meals and what experiences are you about to have in 2020? We'll see you soon. You can follow me at Ken Napsack. Go to the website, KenNapsack.com for information. Shows are coming soon. Stand-up shows with Mark Ellis and other shows. I'll let you all know. The book, Why We Love Star Wars, is still out. Hey, if you still love Star Wars, uh, it's out there. It's available uh, available in German. The audiobook is out there as well. Keep going. And, yes, yeah, some people are asking, are I ever going to write about some of um, like Mandalorian, Rise of Skywalker? It's definitely possible. I don't see an expanded edition of the book coming from the publisher anytime soon. But who knows? Maybe after Kenobi and Cassian Andor, we can... Um, we can do that. We can revisit that idea, but uh, get the book out there now. And uh, Patreon page, patreon.com slash if you want to sponsor. There's some good things coming in 2020, including an all-new podcast feed. For that, putting that together. But for now, grab some friends. Grab some acquaintances. Grab people you love. And head on out for a bite to eat. We'll see you next time here on the Knapsack Files. Knapsack Files.